It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Travis Lank has done it again. Now it is time, finally, you had a bye week in the whole season that you were waiting for a change of QB1. You got it. Now we want to know, is QB1 ready? Last but not least, and for the culture, sometimes common sense ain't just common. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome to ATL Day Ones. We just want to just say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. And today's show of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online T. 123 to 122. When you look at the game last night, T, it looked like the, Fa- the Hawks, the Falcons, the Hawks lost twice last night in this game but when you think about what aj griffin was able to do and jalen johnson was able to throw a a a perfect pass at at the end of that game and with half a second left aj griffin torques his body figures out a way to turn around and get rid of the rock and put that bad boy in a hoop tee i don't know about you but uh I kind of lost it. I, I kind of woke up the house when that when that went down last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was one of those moments. And it was one of those moments that I said, I'm going to put it on repeat. So even this morning at the station, <laughs> I was watching the entire game again, almost like I'd never seen that game-winning <laughs> shot, just because it was so amazing and it was so needed. Like, the yeah. Hawks are going on the road for a three-game road trip. It's a back-to-back, so they're in Memphis tonight. You just didn't want to go to Memphis having lost four in a row right just needed something a spark to to just get you going and isn't it so interesting and this is i'm going to tip the the question that we're going to ask about the hawks but hmm. let's talk about who inbounded that pass and let's talk about who hit the game winning shot because when we talk about them we also have to give nate mcmillan some serious credit about opening up on his philosophy of how he plays rookies and younger players. Jalen Johnson, that was your inbound passer. He's only in his second year. Sure got a lot of minutes last night. And then you look at A.J. Griffin. Who won the game for you? The rookie. So when I look at the box and I see, okay, Jalen Johnson played 15 minutes. It may not seem like a big deal to most, but it is a big deal because that actually started, Nate started that last year. Not a lot of people realize that toward the end of the year, he started giving him minutes. And then, of course, right. A.J. Griffin is given the confidence to start in uh, the absence of John Collins. So, yeah, I just absolutely love all of those little, little storylines in there because it's really that play is about way more than just A.J. Griffin making the basket. That was the end of everything that was culminating, including the play that was drawn up by Coach Nate and um, even taking that time out because remember Trey was on the inbound at first. Yeah, no doubt. And, and they they end up calling the timeout because Trey realized, hey, I don't have the look that they that they wanted me to look for. So right. hey, I'm gonna call the timeout and and, and and get this bad boy figured out. And I think mm-hmm. that when you think about 
the 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 I know a lot of people which want to get Printy, uh, the assistant coach Printy for drawing up the play, and Nate McMillan did that. But I think one one of the things that you have to realize, even in that, right, is the mm-hmm. fact that like Nate McMillan knows he's the leader. He knows he's the guy that you know make those those final decisions. And I think mm-hmm. that for him to give his assistant that that type of credit in that moment because. Yeah. He knows he understands what, what people are calling for because he even talked about in his post-game presser about how folks complain about the rotations and everything mm-hmm. with the minutes restrictions and everything right. like that. So those are some of the things that I feel like Nate is kind of throwing out there, like, yeah, yeah, Coach Printy drew that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the back of his mind, he's like, Yeah, I the one that doggone finalized that bad boy. Right. I'm the one that said, Hey, let's go with this. This is yes. what we're going to do. I understand what the rookie uh in the second year guy. Their, their capabilities. I don't want to stand, understand that I'm gonna have Trey Young up under the basket, mm-hmm. running the curl and to yeah. draw the, the defenders out of the paint. So yep. yeah, so you know you have that one-on-one situation um, to be able to have a clear lane to to the, to the basket at the end of the game. So it, it's just a lot of little things with, that happened within the game last night, mm-hmm. and and I think that we have to give Nate McMillan his credit. If we're gonna call him out for rotations, bad rotations, or call him out for not being able to draw up draw up plays in those particular moments. I think this is the moment where we have to give him that necessary credit and give yeah. Travis Schlank the credit for bringing in a guy like AJ Griffin because there were a lot of red flags coming out of this guy uh, um, coming out of Duke because the guy basically barely even played at yeah. Duke. You yeah. know, almost like a Kyrie Irving type situation. So mm-hmm. I think all of those things you got to kind of look at and how management and, and this coaching staff is working with this, the group of guys that they have you got to mm-hmm. give your hats off to what happened last night. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, so another thing, though, T, I think that, that I thought was very interesting is, you know, not only do you you get the win, you draw up the play, you do all these things, right? But we can't keep up under wraps what has been going on off the court with this, mm-hmm. with this, with this team and, and how Trey Young and Nate McMillan have been kind of going at it. And I think that, you know, the the whole not showing up for the Friday night against the Denver Nuggets, I think that was kind of like a uh, like that was like the end result of what has already been kind of brewing underneath. Right. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that that's safe to say that's a safe assumption to make. But this, but do you think this is the type of game that I know a lot of times people like to put storylines on certain games and everything like that and kind of really hyper focus in on this particular game? But mm-hmm. I think you can't help but to at least look at this game you're like, OK. Is this the moment where they say, all right, we trust each other and I think we'll be able to move forward? I certainly hope so. I mean, when you saw the post game, right, and Trey's kind of running through and he's telling the photographer, hey, take the camera off me, put it on your boy. And A.J. Griffin is right behind him. Just little playful moments like that. It just eases the tension. It yeah. really, really eases the tension. And you saw everybody just crashing on A.J. Griffin last night. Yeah. The, the entire bench. I mean, it was just chaos in a good way. It was like the best chaos ever. So, yeah, I'm hoping that maybe they'll think about this. Like, doesn't this feel better than all that friction? Like, doesn't yeah. it feel better that literally it took almost all five starters or excuse me, all five players to execute the play last night. So if one person would not have executed properly or been in the proper space, then we don't win this game because AJ Griffin never gets the ball in time. So I'm hoping that it'll be a spark, a catalyst, something that'll just get them going because I would love to see them at least come back from this road trip two and one. Be nice to get three and oh, but at least two and one. And I want it to be hopefully a situation where Jarvis, we're talking about even different players, right? Like 
we're talking about maybe DeAndre Hunter leading the way, you know, that particular game or just somebody else, because I just wanted to continue to be next man up. And, and then you're actually showing up when you're that next man, like Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is literally <laughs> saying minutes restriction. His name is Bo T. Him, him name Bo. That's Bo. Bo, Bo is out there. There's drop getting buckets out there. Like, yeah, I get so excited when he when he gets to, when he gets it going like that. Oh yeah. This is a very dangerous looking team. I'm so I, I would definitely say it's safe to say on that. But speaking of, you know, talking about trust team, mm-hmm. you know, Dansby Swanson is a free agent. Uh, that he is a guy that a lot of people want to come back. I've been on record to saying that I don't think he comes back. And I'm not just being a negative Nancy. I just feel like, hey, they let Freddie walk, Freddie Freeman walk. Uh, they, they could let Dansby walk as well. <laughs> so, um, but we do get the report of Mark Bowman mm-hmm. uh, confirming an offer that the Braves um, had, had slid over, slid across the table towards the, the Dansby Swanson camp, and it was look. They said that there was a between the 16 and 17 million dollar annual average value uh that's a number that that's that's the term that's been thrown around a lot in baseball and in mm-hmm. this hostile uh period but t the expectation or or given how the market's kind of you know, kind of buried out for for the all the, the top four shortstops yeah it's looking like dancing may draw between 22 and 25 million do you think this dude could be, be we willing to take that type of uh, quote-unquote hometown discount Right. Because I was thinking, okay, Trey Turner assumed to be the best of the top four, if you will. He got 27. So Xander Bogart's got 25. 25, So to me, if Dansby is arguably the third of the best, and of course there's Carlos Correa. So why can't Dansby get 23? Why can't Dansby even get 21? But for you to not put him in the 20s when the first two of that quartet are in the mid to upper 20s that's a little confusing to me and you know thankfully he did get the six years because you know our buddy grant mccauley who does the braves postcast he said that he really thought it was going to be you know some negotiating years years. yeah Yeah. braves wanted five dance we wanted six well dance we got the six which is great that's half the battle now, yeah. the other half is, and hey, maybe you start low because you already know he's going to aim high at the 27 and you kind yes. of come in in the middle. That's kind of how negotiating works. <laughs> that's Sorry. what I'm going to need to hear in the next few days, or I'm going to be scratching my head thinking, okay, we always say Alex Anthopoulos is the best in the business in the city, but that's 16 to 17 coming out of the gates. I'm like, to me, even with negotiations in mind, it still feels small as the first out. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the reasons why I feel I really feel like the Dodgers may be in play. Oh, yeah. That would be very interesting if and John mm-hmm. Hamian reporting that they they presumably are the favorite, which is so interesting. The, the verbiage this time of year is just I just love to watch it. How the what is the uh, as my guy Rob Tribble would say, the uh, verbal judo um, that uh, <laughs> reporters play around this time of year. I absolutely love it. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, to kind of see what's going on. Like you said, hopefully Dansby comes back. Like you said, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold my breath. But T, if you're trying to find a way to get some money, not only T, what about you? <laughs> you, the listener of ATL Day Ones, if you want to figure out how to make some money, go to betonline.net because it's the fastest and easiest way to check in all your betting needs, find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. If you're trying to 
take a little money, spend a little money on this uh this game. We talked about the Grizzlies and the Hawks. They tip off at eight o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get that get that get that bet in. Go to betonline.net because from what I've gathered here, it looks like they may be on the Grizzlies are an eight point favorite. You're trying to figure out what to do. How can you figure out where shall I lay my money? Should I do go put the money on the over, the under? Bet online continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information for live income betting and when the game is going on, scores and podcasts. You guys check us out each and every day for all your ATL sports needs. For all your sports wagering information, go to betonline.net because you need to go there today, right now, after this show, after the show is over, of course, and you or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because guess what? Bet online is where the game starts. Yes. So we are back in action. Actually, both the Falcons and the Saints, because they're getting ready for a rematch, their game to begin on Sunday. And this time, of course, they're in New Orleans. So it's going to look a little different from week one. Week one, it was Marcus Mariota. It was Jameis Winston. So that very interesting, you know, turn of events, if you will. And so, of course, the Saints pulled that out last minute. That was one of those kind of heartbreakers. Fast Mm -hmm. forward to now week 14 and we are at a point in place where hmm what's going to happen with these new quarterbacks so we're going to focus on the falcons quarterback first desmond ritter is what you guys have all been clamoring for but what is it exactly that you're clamoring for like what is it exactly jarvis that you think people want to see in terms of knowing what is Desmond Ritter made of? What does he bring to the table? What does that look like? And I I think that one of the things that I've always kind of admired about Desmond Ritter, you know, once I got a chance to, you know, talk to him in in the uh, uh, rookie mini camps and spring training and everything like that, it was kind of just the confidence that he speaks with, right? You know, though you can kind of understand why he sold himself to the Falcons down there in the senior bowl. And a lot of teams were impressed by Desmond Ritter. And I think that, and the Falcons, you you get that sense that this guy is confident, right? Yeah. And, and confident enough not only when things are going well, but confident right. enough to when th- to, to to continue to have that confidence when you, things are going bad badly mm-hmm. for you. And obviously, as a rookie quarterback in the NFL, you got to be prepared to deal with some adversity. And I think yeah. that with the Tampa Bay, you know, taking the L, they got took out taken out to the woodshed by the 49ers. And indeed. Maybe maybe the glimmer of hope is a little bit brighter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe five percent to maybe like nine percent chance to get into the playoffs or, or win the division. So I think the, that's some of the things that I, I think that everybody's going to have their eye on. Right. Mm-hmm. How are you going to respond to that? Yeah. How is the team? How is this team going to respond to being in that situation with the rookie? Are y'all going to support them by making plays or, or, or going going out your way to make sure you do everything you possibly can? to make sure you you support this guy because you know yeah Marcus Mariota yeah he had his issues but you know that you can count on him to bring that extra element that was able to make this one of the better rushing uh, football teams in the NFL so you're going to be looking for that what element that Desmond Ritter is going to be able to bring and I think it's going to be throwing that deep ball and connecting with guys like Drake London and Alameda Zacchaeus and and Cardero Hodge I think that's what he's going to have to be able to bring it's just a matter Mm -hmm. of timing and i think arthur smith is going to be working on that timing as they get their running game going and working in that play action and if they're mm-hmm. able to do that i think we'll get a good idea of what desmond really is going to be able to bring to this table going forward 
Yeah, and I do think it's mental. I, I believe that the game will be fast for him. Obviously, yes. the Saints are going to do all kinds of things. Like they'll probably line up, and at the last possible second, they'll just switch. They'll switch their their scheme, right? Right. And to kind of confuse the rookie because hey, he probably has been studying. Oh, okay. Well, I see them lined up this way. This is what it means. So this is what I'm going to do. So they're going to do those kinds of things. They're probably going to come at him and with blitzes to make him have to think fast. But I think it may catch him off guard in the first half, but I wouldn't doubt that he could make the mental adjustments in the second half. That's the one thing we did not see in Marcus Mariota after seven years. We just still didn't see good decision-making. So I think that's one area where, yeah, the game may be speedy for him initially, but it's going to slow down because of the way he thinks about the game and what his approach to the game is. And you know, the other piece there is this. We were talking about this earlier, the decisions that Nate McMillan made, the adjustment in taking that time out to get the Hawks the win, right? And right. so this is a situation where as much as the Falcons fans have clamored for it, now that Arthur Smith has made that decision, I feel like we're not going to know until Sunday, but how good or bad is this decision based on what we might see Sunday. To be honest with you, like, I, I think it's a matter of the end result, right? You know, but I, I think that, you know, given why he made a decision, not necessarily because they were out for the playoffs, right. but I think that he said that these are exact words. This is a decision that was made for the short term and the long term, mm -hmm. because I figured, I feel, I really feel like Arthur Smith had seen enough of, the missed throws, the overthrows, and, and just not being able to connect with his wide receivers and, and, right. and his tight ends and, mm -hmm. and running backs mm -hmm. out of the backfield. So I think that was something that was a big yeah. piece that he made a decision. And also, yeah, of course, there was a part of it was part of to be able to get a peek into your future, right? Mm -hmm. But now mm -hmm. that you're still trying to win games, that doesn't change his mindset, right? It's right. not like he's trying to tank for whoever, yeah. Will Anderson or whoever you want to say. Um, throw name um, prospect that you want to be on your team mm -hmm. but I, I think that when you look at it though I, I feel like Arthur Smith is going to do everything in his power like he did for Marcus Mariota to put him in good situations and and, and I believe there's no doubt in my mind mm -hmm. that he will come up with a game plan to make Desmond Ritter look good and and I, and I don't think that New Orleans is they're going to make sure that he's going to look bad and I think that more than likely, just from a as long as the the game plan is, is succinct and like we we talk about those first uh, uh set of scripted plays that that come that uh, Arthur Smith comes out with as mm -hmm. long as those things are in place and looks look like what they need to be I'm fine I'm totally fine with either way and mm -hmm. I, and I want I'm not gonna discredit Arthur Smith if if Desmond Ritter has a bad game that's that's just not I don't feel like that's 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 the how I'm gonna feel after the game if right. he doesn't have a good one. Yeah, to me, there's almost no bad thing that he can do unless it's pick six after pick six. After right, pick yeah, six. yeah. That like Brock Osweiler or somebody yeah, like, like that, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, gosh. Every time the ball leaves your hand, <laughs> it ends up in yeah. the hands of somebody with black and gold on, that would be a bad look. But other right. than something that egregious, I just really can't say that there's anything else I can think of that would make it a bad look because that's just what Arthur Smith is trying to do trying to get a he's trying to get a look period he's trying to get a look real time so for me mm -hmm. for a coach to take that chance and we trust his decision making process i'm gonna say i can't think of anything else that would make this a bad look for arthur smith and you know you look at it as well and you say to yourself 
you know, what would make it a bad look for Desmond Ritter? Like, what can he do in terms of his preparation, right? And right. what can he do for execu- for execution purposes? And for me, that's what it is. Like, right. if he's preparing and Dean Pease has, you know, had his defense kind of like going against him and kind of giving him certain looks or whatever, I mean, he's been accustomed to that. It's not like he hasn't been getting that all season now, maybe not on the, you know, level that the saints you know front four are right. but so some semblance thereof right exactly so i'm thinking for me it's all about what is the biggest part of ritter's success or failure on sunday and again i'm looking for the mental i'm just looking for if you do throw that pick early do you bounce back if you happen to do a pick six do you bounce back so that's what i'm looking at and so the failure for me would only be if somehow he got in his own head and an early mistake was the rest of the was there for the rest of the game, and then it cost the Falcons the game. Yeah, and I think that that mental fortitude piece is very important, right, when it comes to quarterbacking in, in the NFL, because we've seen Marcus Mariota's kind of confidence mm-hmm. kind of wane a little bit mm-hmm. as as when they've lost when they've lost their four, four out of the last five games, and I think that when you talk about have a quarterback answering questions about you know, hey, it is what it is, you know, right. they have to make a decision, you know, those things, those things mean something, that means something if somebody's willing to to verbalize those things right after a loss, so mm-hmm. uh, I think that, I don't think that from a, from a, from a, st- a confidence standpoint that Arthur Smith has shown Ritter to bring him into this situation on the road against mm-hmm. your, your, your division rival with a, right. a, a, a very small chance of trying to you know win or stay mm-hmm. in this divisional race right. uh, as the season winds down I I, I think for those reasons I, I'm not really too concerned about Ritter's confidence and, and that mental fortitude that I think that he's shown mm-hmm. since he stepped on out there in flowery branch on the field yeah. I think that's something that we're definitely going to continue to see regardless of what happens Right. And, you know, here on this show, we talk about that and we'll keep you guys up to date on what's going on in Flowery Branch throughout the week. But we also have our eye on Dansby Swanson. But let's be honest, Jarvis, not just us. Locked on Sports Today has their eyes yes. on him as well, because this is yes. national news <laughs> because he could go to the Braves. He could go to the Dodgers. Or, of course, there could be a suitor whom we haven't even identified yet who could come in and swoop in the shortstop. So, of course, stop here to hear the latest and greatest, but also check out our guys at Locked On Sports Today because they'll react to the biggest stories of the day. They're going to tell you what their thoughts are on any and everything, just like we do. Now, we call it for the culture. They call it take of the day. But check them out. You check us out on Odyssey, the app. You check us out on YouTube, as well as download wherever you, you download us, wherever you download your podcast. We appreciate it, but we will appreciate it even more if you do the same for Locked On Sports Today. Locked on Sports Atlanta family. Listen up. We just told you about Locked on Sports today. I'm about to tell you about ATL Day Ones contact information. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. That is the place you need to go to. You want to get in contact with the show? Whatever. Comments, questions, uh, discretions that you may have um, uh, about the gift card that I was supposed to send you, but I never did. Yeah, it's all that, everything. You need to find out everything, each and everything that you want to do as far as getting in contact with the show. Make sure you do that. We appreciate that from you in advance. Now, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes, you know, it's whatever the hell we want to talk about. But that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. How about this? Now, T, mm-hmm. like this would kind of hit a little home for me because, you know, I've learned, I've, I've, 
grew up with one of the uh, offensive line coaches from Cedar Grove. I've, I've had interactions, had plenty of conversations with multiple guys who went to that school, coached at that school. And today I'm still kind of feeling a certain type of way because I, I, I mentioned at the top of the show about common sense not being common. And when you think about how I like the word that you used earlier, egregious. <laughs> this call, this touchdown call was to put Sandy Creek up 21 to 17. It ended up being the final score for them to win uh, the uh, AAA, uh, 3A, excuse me, 3A uh, state championship. You just got to figure out a way to just get this right on the, on the spot, right? Like, yeah. you can't just let this happen because it was just, oh. it wasn't even close. It was not even, it wasn't even close to like, oh my God, you got to do something right in that moment. Right. Yeah. And, and the the reason that there's not only one referee out there, the reason there's a line judge is because when you get in moments like that, where, you know, a game winning play can happen, use all the eyes that you have on it. But the only eyes were that of the referee and nobody else even came to huddle with him to say, are we sure we didn't see that ball cross the plane from this angle or this angle or this angle. You got it from back there, but we didn't see the same thing you saw. How can they see in the booth? How can they see on the sidelines? And how can everybody in the darn country see that that the the player was a a yard and a half? A yard and a half. That's like an eternity when you're in the low red zone, right? Right. So it just really is painful because I'm sure, you know, the Cedar Grove guys, they wanted to be a part of that conversation of four championships in six years and, you know, be a part of that legacy and the legendary, you know, teams of the late uh, 2000, like 2020s or this this, uh, decade, if you will. They don't get to do that. You took that from them. And yes, that was third down. I get that. And so, yeah, Mill Creek could have, Sandy Creek could have gotten that, uh, back in right right in that fourth or gotten it in punched it in in the fourth quarter on the uh excuse me the fourth and goal but that's not the point the point is you as a referee you won the game for the opponent so sorry opponent you didn't win you yeah. didn't win. and i do think that this is going to at least at a minimum bring up some conversation and some commentary about what can be done because no you do not want to slow down the high school game at all you don't want to do that just for the sake of um, replay or anything like that but just maybe in certain instances you may like this like this maybe within the last two minutes of a game if it's a score you have the ability to replay because if you were to replay that oh you can't tell me you would have called that the same way. And and to be honest with you, T, look at it from this standpoint. Like I, you don't even have to do it for regular season because at the end of the day, when you're yeah. on a national yes. stage, yes. right? Because a lot everybody, a lot of people are talking about this, not just in the state of within the state of Georgia, but right. a lot of people are talking about across this call. This country. none, yeah, yeah. They the played country. this on Sports Center. They right. replayed that, <laughs> that on Sports Center. Exactly. So my whole thing is. It can be just as simple as in the playoffs, uh, all the scores are are, are subject to yep. uh, to to replay, and you can put even put a time limit on it. Hey, was this the real deal? And mm-hmm. you don't have to give coaches challenge flags and all that stuff. You don't have to get into right. all that. Yeah. Just put it in the. Just make it. It's simple because yep. we know when what, what all the politics that go into rule changes in the NFL and all that stuff. 
This is high school football. Right. They make it simple, get it right. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about high school football. Yeah. Why not get it right? Like, because yeah. you know, those Sandy Creek guys, they're they're gonna be in a bad situation because people are gonna be looking at me like, man, yeah. nah, y'all ain't earned that championship. Right. <laughs> Or as we say in Divine Nine land, you paper. But it, it's I mean, really, oh my gosh. That's what that it's gonna be. And I hate that for you, Sandy Creek, but I mean, that's yeah, what the world does. Your paper. And y'all shouldn't have to defend yeah. themselves like that, right? You know, nope. the adults supposed to get it right. So the kids don't have to defend themselves in that particular situation because exactly. the Cedar Grove fans and players and everything, like they sitting right. up here looking like, man, what in the world? Yeah, I mean, your heart just goes out to them. And and listen, we again we all know that fourth. And goal could have definitely been a punch in for Sandy Creek, and they still could have won the game. But it would have been Sandy Creek winning the game as opposed to the referee giving them the game. That's night and day. That's night and day. And you can never, not that I want Sandy Creek to give the trophy back, but maybe GHSA. I don't know if you've ever had co champions. You might want to think about something because you got, I mean, it's just too egregious. Honestly, you should take a look at that entire, that entire squad the referees, the line judge, all of them. And you should really determine if that's the group that you ever want to put in this type of situation again when they blew it this bad. But anyway, we move on and Cedar Grove just keep pushing and come back next year. And be back. (laughs) Everybody away. (laughs) Even be a question. And hopefully we'll get to blow you guys away tomorrow with more breakdown of Falcon Saints. Maybe we'll have some Dansby news. And we sure hope that we're going to get a dub in Memphis today. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I'll come back now. You hear? Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.